Yeah, so uh, if anyone wants Thai food, um, just email email the podcast email address, and uh, Chris's roommate will order it for you. <laughs> yeah, right away, <laughs> as soon as she gets it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're back. Um, so we covered coffee and tea, and uh, now we're going to move on to the le- probably the lesser ones. known yeah. stimulants. Mm-hmm. And the first one is my personal current favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kratom, Mm -hmm. which uh, I actually just found out this week, I have somewhat of a dependence on because Uh uh, one morning this week... when you don't take it? Well... Uh Uh-oh. God. (laughs) This morning on like, I think it was Tuesday, um, I just had like squirts. And I was like, this is weird. Yeah. Like, why is this happening? And I was like, oh God, am I having Kratom withdrawals? So I looked it up. I was like, what are the symptoms of Kratom withdrawals? And how long does it take for them to onset? And it was, uh, I hadn't had Kratom for about 12 hours. And uh, Jeez, the first dude. symptom is nausea, and the second one's diarrhea. I was like, oh, those are the two things wow. that I had. Yeah. And as soon as I drank some Kratom, I felt better. So Damn. Um, I'm going to have to like wean myself off a little this bit. Is, this is this is tough, man. Like It's yeah. tough for me because I don't feel ready to, um, to run this podcast on my own. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I also am not going to visit you in the hospital. <laughs> or at rehab. Um... <laughs> Well, it's it's not that bad. Yeah. So um, I'll just I'll just write you letters and I'm sure that if I just like squirted through it for a couple hours, uh, it would have gone away. But yeah, yeah. I chose to keep going. You just end up keeping with, it like, up because I do have bag. back pain all the time. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> I'm drinking kratom right now as we yeah. speak. Um, but anyway, so kratom is uh, <laughs> kratom comes from Indonesia. Yep. Uh, where Chris is from. Hey. Yeah. Lots of good shit comes from Indonesia. Yeah, all the best shit comes from yeah. Indonesia, really, when um, you think about it. Sugar cane. Yeah. Um, originally, I guess, tea, yeah. is sort of. Uh, what, Kratom? Yeah, we didn't mention this, but the, the term Java for coffee yep. comes from Java, That's the island. Right. That's right. Um, yeah. There's a lot of good coffee grown in Indonesia. If you yep. can get... If you can get Toraja coffee, which is from Sulawesi, it's very good. Oh yeah, Sulawesi is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Toraja is a specific area. Okay, that is uh, is known. Yeah, for the I don't know. I, I don't know many estates for coffee. I know a bunch for tea, but yeah, I don't know any even for coffee. Yeah, yeah, um, and of course, you know, single origin, and also like uh, buy co-op or union if you can. There mm-hmm. are co-ops and unions for coffee and I think for tea. Yeah. So like, those are proven to work. And yeah, they're, and they're fair trade is actually good. It's not like gonna solve it's better. the problem, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's it's a it's a kind of a yeah, it's better. But it's like one way to think about it is fair trade is is a contrast to free trade, and free trade is is a form of imperialism yes. that evolved free trade from the 1750s trade. to the 1850s <laughs> yeah. in order to maintain colonial uh-huh. relationships between uh, European countries and yep. the former colonies that they had to release from their colonial relationship because of mm-hmm. revolts. Yep. Um, there's like a whole book that I have about this subject by uh, Bernard yeah. Semmel called The Rise of Free Trade Imperialism. Yeah. And it's it's all about this. And that like some of the uh, British statesmen were like very open about this is a way to maintain oh, yeah. the colonial oh, yeah. relationship. In the old days, you know how yeah. they, they, they're always saying these days like, oh, you're saying the quiet part loud. Yeah. The old days was all about saying the quiet <laughs> yeah. part loud. They're just like, no, these people are mongrels and, and beasts <laughs> and um, we also want to make the biggest possible gap of power between us you yeah know, and, and we should just do a straight up coffee episode because like we didn't even really get to the it's fact that like uh you know coffee is grown in like colombia and brazil and mexico yeah and that came from colonization obviously. So, yeah well yeah we can talk about um the effects on cuisine and and agriculture yeah. just of colonial imperialism 
yeah. alone, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's a huge like, topic. We don't even realize most most of the time, most of the day, you're walking around, living your life, eating food that is like, oh, this comes from this is Thai food, this is Indonesian food, this is such and such African food, you know, uh-huh. like whatever, um, or like, oh, this is traditional in fucking, I don't know, France or something. Yeah, and then oh wait, those things did not exist in those places like two to, th- to 400 years ago, right. they were all introduced and then they became integrated into the cuisine right. or into the whatever. Um, I think the example that most people know is, is Italian food, which yeah. is heavily tomato-based and tomatoes came from yep. the Americas. Yep, yep. And um, and also peanuts. I have to wonder what they were doing before that. Was, were like all of their pastas like basil and oil-based? Probably, yeah. yeah. Probably. I mean, know. I guess that's not bad. And maybe like some pasta kind of, was, some, some pasta kind of gravy. Pasta was fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so there's those, there's all kinds of weird, crazy yeah. shit that's happened to our food because of colonial imperialism, which, and, and, and of course, some people would be, you know, the fucking chuds would be like, you see, this is why imperialism is good. And you're like, yeah, but that could have also happened through like totally decentralized, yeah. like democratic and nice trade. cultural yeah. exchange. Yeah. 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 You could have just been like, Hey, do you want this cultivar? It's delicious and yeah. good for you. And they'd be like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and then see if it works instead. They're like, no, let's like, Hey, we invented this thing called bond me. It's really people. good. You should yeah, try it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Nationalism can fuck itself. Um, Teen from Plan A. Always, yeah. He, he has this big thing where he always rants about how uh, white people call things like banh mi or, yeah. or Vietnamese style. Right. And it's just like, oh, yeah, we've put shredded carrots in it and now it's banh mi. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's He's like, like, fuck like, off. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so, but we're talking about Kratom now. Right. Kratom now. Uh, so for yeah, those who don't know, for those who aren't big fans of Street Fight, which is probably mm-hmm. quite a lot of our listeners, honestly. Yeah, probably. Uh, uh, so Kratom is a, is a tree leaf from Indonesia, and uh, it is, it, it's an opiate in a sense. It's what's called a biased <laughs> opiate agonist. So it's technically not an opiate, but it is an mm. opiate because it, it works on your opiate receptors. Mm. Um, it's like an anti-hero. But it's also unusual in that it's it's what's called uh i think it's called a bimodal drug mm. and that basically means at a lower dose it acts as a stimulant and then at a higher dose it acts as an opiate ah interesting so, kind of like actually how uh what i've read is that alcohol's like the first dose of alcohol is a mm. stimulant uh-huh. or like is stimulating in effect but then um after that then it becomes a depressant yeah yeah okay um so in Indonesia and and surrounding countries like Thailand and Malaysia, mm. um, it was it's been long uh, popular with uh, farming communities. So farmers basically mm. they get the they get the raw leaves yep. and they just chew on them, and uh, it gives buzzy. you gives you energy, yep. uh, makes you feel nice and euphoric, mm. like makes makes work more pleasant basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like in farming communities in those areas, uh, kratom use is is very accepted. Um, even though it's technically criminalized and has been for like quite a while <laughs> yeah. in those places, but it's kind of like, I think it's fairly accepted. They do have like a bunch of arrests every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, Not I don't think it's anywhere near the level of like marijuana prior to, you know, the two thousands right. in the U S right. or anywhere else really. Yeah. Um, but it, it is still criminalized, but, um, <laughs> creative use is very prevalent. Um, it, anyone like for anyone, uh, to have tried it in their lifetime, uh, that maps to about two percent of the total population, which is really mm-hmm. high. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's not as high as I think. Like in the U.S., I think forty percent of people have tried weed in their life. Weed? Oh yeah, yeah, easily. easily. Um, mm-hmm. and then uh, about half a percent of the population uh, has used it 
in the last like day or two. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are, are using it every day. And uh, a lot of people are chewing uh, Kratom leaves like three to 10 times a day. Mm. Um, that's like the really heavy use. That's probably what I'm at. Honestly, I actually, I don't get full leaf. I get powder stuff cause mm. it's way easier to get. Right. Um, and, uh, I make a decoction out of it. And if anyone wants a recipe, you can uh, DM me on Twitter. I have a very good recipe for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll make it nice and clear mm-hmm. and potent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you sprinkle it on your pasta. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. It's very, it tastes very gross. Um, although I've, I've grown accustomed to the taste and like it now because I associate it with the well, nice feeling. Like, it's just like so many things. You yeah. Know, you just get used to it because you like the effect. It's like, uh, you know yeah. what I've, from what I've heard, from what I've heard, mm-hmm. it's sort of like the taste of like Molly or meth. You know, oh, okay. Like when you when you snort yeah, it, never it heard drips down the back of your nose, yeah. and then you can taste it in the back of your throat. Mm. And at first, it's that like is, this is a disgusting chemical awful. taste, yeah. and it's awful. But then, yeah. once you've become accustomed to the effects that you get from it, it's like, oh, I love this taste. Yeah, that's great because I know it's about to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just from what I've heard, yeah. you know. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Um, let's see what else, what else can we say about it? So, uh, it's become popular in the U S like fairly recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think it started probably in the seventies or eighties, but, um, hasn't really gotten that popular until the last like decade or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think street fight is helping to popularize it even more. Uh, <laughs> they were selling it for a while, which was great. Um, I would get Kratom in the mail every month from them that, that nice. ruled. Nice. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I would, I would recommend it, even though I was talking about getting like diarrhea from it. I still <laughs> highly recommend it. I think it's great. Guys, it's um, fucking great. Okay. <laughs> I, ha- I have a bad history of recommending it <laughs> yeah. because uh, I think I've told this story on the, and on every, the podcast. Everything before, you recommend but, gives, gives you diarrhea. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I've told this story before, but uh, my cousin was in town uh-huh. and uh, I had, this is when I first started using it. I was like, I was like, dude, you got to try this shit. Uh-huh. Kratom, it rules. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. Um, it can feel kind of like weed if you take enough, right, which is right. great. Yeah. Um, but it's it's legal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's ambiguously legal. So in the U.S., it's not scheduled. Right. They're not. But you're technically for not it. supposed to sell it. Right. But you can get away with selling it because they just call it. Oh, it's a but it's a botanical. It's not for human or animal consumption. Right. Uh, it's just like a botanical powder for you know whatever yeah, whatever you're gonna yeah. use it for. Yeah. Um, but since it's not scheduled, um, you know you can you can have it. I've taken it in airports mm-hmm. through airport security, like mm-hmm. next to a fucking drug sniffing dog and they, mm. they don't give a shit about it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the dog just looks at you and kind of goes like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately though, the, um, is it the FDA is they're, they're kind of getting hip to it. Oh yeah. Um, course, and so like shipments are getting raided. Right. So it's getting harder to get into the country, mm. but it's still not illegal. Yeah. Um, so if you if you are interested in trying it, get get a little sample. Um, I would recommend making a tea or at least like stirring it into water. Mm. A lot of people recommend doing toss and wash, which is where you take the powder mm-hmm. and you t- you toss it onto your tongue and mm-hmm. then wash it down with water. Mm. It's very easy to uh, mess that up. So, <laughs> so oh, I didn't even actually tell the story. So when my cousin was in town, uh-huh. I was like, oh yeah, you got to try this stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, so we went out to his car because you know we were with our parents and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to be like, Hey, d- let's do these drugs in front yeah, of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right. So we went up to his car and I was like, okay, here's how you do it. I was doing toss and wash at this point. Mm-hmm. So I put it on my tongue, drank a big glass of water and I got it almost all the way down. And then a little bit of it bubbled back up. Oh, no. 
Because it's a very, very fine powder. So, right. it, like, weird shit happens yeah. when you mix it with water. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I ended up, th- I threw up, like, seven times. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, I made it out of his car. <laughs> because especially because he's a lift driver so like that would have been real fucked up for me to do that to him but welcome uh, to neighbor science yeah so i a threw up seven times and he was like political. yeah i think i'm good <laughs> <laughs> a podcast about political economy and ryan's gut troubles <laughs> yeah <laughs> damn um, so that was that was the first person i recommended it to but yeah uh but i, I hey have, man uh, wiping it off your face <laughs> you, you you should try this shit <laughs> but i i have brought it into the bar that i go to um and uh, I, I usually mix it with tart cherry juice to make it more palatable. Okay, I, I like tart um, cherry it, juice, it, and it also uh, settles your stomach. Right, because if you the juice, if you're not yeah yeah okay, yeah, if you're not used to it, yeah. uh, it can give you nausea. If you, right. it's, it's very easy to take a little bit too much and get get uh, nauseous from it. Ugh, but the tart ugh. cherry juice uh, tempers that. that. Okay, okay. Um, but so I've brought it into the bar and uh, mm-hmm. given it to all the people that work there, and they fucking love it every time yeah. I bring it in. Yeah. Sometimes I'll go in just a drink and they're like mm-hmm. do you have any more of that kratom stuff oh like, yeah yeah well you know i can See, make is, you a bunch if you want right <laughs> right this is what we gotta do is get kratom to overtake cocaine yeah you know and and then that that will simultaneously provide people with like um a a, a po- possibly better stimulant for their like their bar shift or their whatever the fuck oh yeah it's and great then, to work on yeah and then yeah. also you know, fuck the the whole um, war on drugs scheme. Yeah. Because that's just stimulating the racket, if you will. Yeah. Um, and yeah. all the consequent war and yeah, exactly death and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So everybody who's who's on coke or or uh, has a friend on coke. Yeah. Uh, just just shove some kratom in your mouth. Yeah. And, Do not uh, snort it. Don't snort it. You will vomit. Yeah. yeah, don't do that shit. And your nostrils will be green. Chug it with some tart cherry juice. <laughs> yes. Or, you know, yeah. a selection. Ma- ma- make the decoction. Own. Just yeah. ask me for the recipe. Yeah. Make yeah. the decoction. Yeah. It's it's very good. Your DMs are going to be lit. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. What else What else can I say about it? Um, I guess Popular that's... Popular among uh, some Muslims in, in Thailand, it looks like, uh, for probably similar reasons, the, the coffee became popular. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's like, well, I'm not supposed to drink booze and get fucked up, but I can drink this stuff and actually feel kind of good. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and if, if you do, if you try it and you like it and you and you want to get more, I would, if you can mm-hmm. do it, mm-hmm. not everyone's going to have the money for this, but I would recommend getting as much as you can mm, to stock right. up just in case it becomes scheduled. Yeah. I have I have a big box of like I bought like five pounds of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm probably gonna buy more because I was like calculating like how much would I like how much do I take every day mm-hmm. and how much would I need for it mm-hmm. to last like five or ten years right right and I think I think the number I came out with was like thirty five pounds or something like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that would end up being like I think like four thousand dollars or some shit yeah, like that but right, right. I I'll try and eventually get that amount yeah. <laughs> but anyway yeah I mean you know even better what you might do is um. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna you're gonna make contacts in Indonesia, right? Yeah. Through like your cousin Vinny in Canada or something mm-hmm. like that. So you got some people in Vancouver who are gonna ship that shit in. Yeah. And you're gonna get somebody in Seattle to truck it in, uh, disguised as like I don't know tea leaves or something. Yeah. And then from there they're gonna go across Montana through wherever the fuck into wherever you live, and then you're gonna have your little like uh, substation or something, and you're gonna sell it out of your fucking basement <laughs> for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I'm gonna try and I get mean, the uh, the La Saiba folks that are making the <laughs> this uh, sailing cargo ship. I'm gonna get them to yeah. make a route to Indonesia. <laughs> um, 
Oh, uh, one more thing I will say about it. Since I, did, I mentioned it's an opiate, um, the the whole biased opiate agonist thing, mm-hmm. part of that is um, like most opiates, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't know this, but uh, most opiates, the reason that you can overdose on them and die mm-hmm. is because uh, they can give this effect called respiratory depression, oh, yeah. which is where you take so much of a depressant that you are unable to breathe. Right. And that's what kills you. Yeah. Um, and it sounds kind of nightmarish, like suffocating, mm-hmm. basically, because you took too many drugs. But yeah, um, or like a metaphor that's what, that's for what Narcan is for. Too depressed to breathe. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but uh, kratom doesn't. Uh, it, it can't give you, as far as we can tell, it can't give you respiratory depression. No one's ever gotten it. Yeah, and well, that's good. Yeah, there we there we go. Problem solved. Miracle um, leaf. The other thing is, uh, if you have a cold mm-hmm. and you are taking DXM cough syrup. Mm. Uh, it will. It is the most uh, potent potentiator of kratom. Okay. So it will fuck you up <laughs> so if you take DXM before you take kratom. Like some people were saying uh, on the kratom Reddit, <laughs> uh-huh. like I I uh, drank some Robitussin and then I had some my normal dose of kratom and I was nauseous for like two weeks. Oh god. Yeah. Oh my god. I was like, uh, I'm just gonna not take kratom awful. while I'm sick. Yeah. The, yeah. the DXM is so then, so trippy then enough. You have a cold <laughs> Makes me feel and good you have diarrhea. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, besides all that, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. It's pretty great. Um, mm. If only we lived in a borderless world. Yes. Agreed. But. So, uh, let's see. Next we have cola nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have a little bit about this. Yeah. Um, so, it's uh, cola nuts are a West African uh, tree nut um it contains caffeine i think it contains a lot actually mm. um and uh as the name might suggest it was one of the original ingredients of cola mm. it was originally cola cola and coca coca-cola Fuck. i'm not sure so they I'm took coca leaves that <laughs> and uh <laughs> cola nut and they would mix that together into a a uh, very highly stimulating beverage Damn. that had large amounts of caffeine and oh. cocaine in yeah, it that sounds fantastic so, actually yeah Sounds pretty sweet. Bunch of people making whoopee in the twenties, <laughs> <laughs> just getting crazy in the parlor. Um, I, I almost bought some cola nuts off of Amazon because yeah. I was like, I bet you could get them on Dude, off Amazon. I would be into trying that. Yeah. Um, well, maybe I'll do it then because yeah. we can make some. Uh, I would want to do snacks. it with. I would, yeah. I would only want to do it if I could get like multiple people to try it because yeah. you can get half a pound or a pound, and that's like seems like a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it's supposed to be very bitter. Mm. Uh, which is not surprising anything almost anything containing caffeine i was just gonna bitter. say yeah. yeah yeah plus like you know people take fucking shots of whiskey or tequila all the time yeah you know, oh and fun fact that i know about caffeine is mm-hmm. um it's actually like supposed to be uh like a pest repellent mm. sort of thing mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yep um what it is like like in in the tea tree mm-hmm. uh when new leaves are growing mm-hmm. it starts off at the little bud and then right. two leaves come out yep it'll be like one and then two mm-hmm. and the new leaves have the highest caffeine content ah, because right. they're trying to repel pests the most right. um so a lot of people think that black tea has mm-hmm. the most caffeine mm-hmm. because it's, it's actually, the darkest right it's it's generally the least because black tea is generally made from the base of old leaves the ones uh, the tea that has the most caffeine is actually white tea, especially yep. Yep. Uh, uh, silver buds, mm. um, or even some black teas that are like the like the uh, Yunnan tea that I was talking about earlier, the right. really tippy ones. Right, those right, have a right, lot of right. caffeine in them because yeah. they're the young they're the young shoots of the leaves. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so anyway, uh, colonets. Uh, yeah, they're used. Uh, they're used a lot in like social and ceremonial uh, mm. practices. Mm. Um, if you've ever read the book Things Fall Apart by yep. Chinua Akebe, mm-hmm. um, they use colonets in that a lot. Yeah. And it's yeah. basically like, you know, someone comes over to your house and mm-hmm. you're the guest. So you right, give so them a colonet, out. they oh, break the nut, and yeah. then you guys eat it together. And yep. you like, oh, feel good off the caffeine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but didn't get a whole lot on it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, we'll, I didn't do great we'll on the research, but yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, next podcast we'll yeah. break open some coal. It also looks really fucking cool. It looks like it, like an alien spaceship. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, I'm into that. Yeah, <laughs> we will inherit some uh, some long lost knowledge from our ancient astronaut. Uh, ancestors yeah maybe maybe i'll make the cover art like uh an alien coming out of a colon uh colonet <laughs> that would be perfect yeah. maybe holding a cup of coffee or something yeah, right, right. <laughs> i made this <laughs> i made this <laughs> yeah oh so this is one um these next couple of ones were ones that i dug up um that i knew about but i hadn't really like looked into yeah i've heard of them but i i know nothing about them yeah so um, pawn or, um, what I know to, what I know is beetle nut and which is often referred to as beetle nut. It's the combination of the beetle leaf, which is where you get, um, the stimulant. I forget which stimulant it is. Um, but they wrap it around the areca nut, uh, for chewing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think the nut is just for a bit of flavor or maybe it's the leaf that's for flavor either way. Sorry. I fucked this up. <laughs> One of them is for flavor. One of them is for stimulation. Okay. Anyway, and sometimes they also throw in some tobacco with it. And they'll just kind of like chew on it and it'll kind of give them like a buzz. Um, and this was really popular in parts of Southeast Asia, including a lot of places where I used to live. Um, and tobacco is one we didn't think of for this. Yeah, we don't have to talk about tobacco. Yeah. Everybody knows about that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should um, do a whole It'll episode fuck on you that up and kill you. Yeah. And, they, and then you'll still pay for it. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Um, yeah, so so people be walking around like out in the boonies chewing this like uh, this beetle nut stuff, and it's like it's it's a lot like when people chew tobacco, where you just got like a fucking mouthful of chaw, and you're just going at it, and it's like your mouth's just filling up with fucking saliva yeah. mixing with this stuff, and you're kind of buzzing and you're feeling decent, um, but it's also a disgusting. And then your boy walks up and, and drinks habit. the water bottle you've been spitting into, <laughs> and they're like, oh, right, right, just oh, fuck. exactly. <laughs> And, and, and beetle nut, like basically they'll just like, it's, I think it's partly because it's often just like outdoors in the tropics where like, this is just part of the life there. They'll just spit out what they've got in their mouth, uh, when they're done or along the way. And just, there's, you just see these gobs and it's, um, the spit mixture. Um, I don't know how the, like the nut and the like leaf mingle with the spit in this way. But the like nasty drool that they spit out is blood red, <laughs> so they're just juicing blood red stuff out of their mouths. And like, even when you know what they're doing, sometimes you're slightly alarmed because you're like, "There's so many tropical diseases." Yeah, and sometimes it's a violent, lo- you know, like like place to live. And so you're like, you either have a fatal bowel disease or somebody just came up and socked you in the mouth a few times. And you just kept walking, <laughs> but that's what it looks like. Um, like if you've ever seen like a boxing match where the guy loses a tooth or something, he's just yeah, like, yeah. that's what it fucking looks like. Yeah. It's disgusting. And then it's just all over the fucking road or like the bushes around you. Like it's disgusting. Um, An- another fun fact I found about mm-hmm. uh, beetle um, yeah. is uh, the, the show Beetleborgs is actually named after the beetle nut. What? A lot of people think it's named after uh, Beetle the bug, right? Uh, because you know that 
the Borgs are shaped like beetles mm-hmm. and they look like them and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But no, it's actually named after the nut. Oh, yeah. Uh, because the, the producers would chew on it as they <laughs> thought of episodes to make. And uh, so. Well, that yeah. solves just so many mysteries. Yeah. And answers so many questions. Yeah. Um, These are the kind of things you learn when you have Hollywood connections like I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes I lie awake at night wondering about that show. Um, <laughs> so then um, the last two. So the, so the next one is Cot which is either Q-A-T or K-H-A-T. It's popular in many countries, the Arabian Peninsula and the Horn of Africa. Um, but I read, this is how I actually learned about it. In 2009, there was an article about the habit in Yemen. And they said at the time, this was 10 years ago, you know, in Yemen, it's a full-blown national addiction. Now, I don't know about now, unfortunately, because of everything that's been going on and there's all sorts of other bullshit they've been, had to, been having to deal with. But um, at least for a while in Yemen... Um, they would spend more money on cot than on food. Wow. <laughs> so that's fucking weird. Um, and uh, the, the key quote here is, um, it comes from Adil al-Shuja, who is a professor of political science at Sana University and the head of the Yemen Without Cot Association. So basically a <laughs> prohibitionist. And he says, you see, you sit up discussing all your problems. You think you've solved everything. But in fact, you haven't done anything in the last four hours because you've just been chewing cot and all your problems actually got worse. And all the decisions you've made are bad because you've made them while you're on cot. And I'm saying, well, that doesn't sound like any wildly popular leaf-derived <laughs> stimulants we've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, that's exclusively a Yemeni problem. Yeah, right. And uh, all those things that are getting worse around them, that's all because they're chewing on cot. Yeah, it's just because of yeah. cot and not because of the Saudis or... Um, U.S. foreign policy. Lucrative trade like that. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, I forgot to mention cot is a leaf... Um, that basically, yeah, they would just stuff in their mouths and chew kind of on go in an ongoing basis. And it would just kind of create this like green froth. Um, and they would just kind of get buzzed on that. Um, so a bit like beetle, but like, um, greenish. And so it's like a buzz. It's not red. like a, yeah, I think it's kind of like, like a, a cocaine high. high I think it's a bit of a high oh, okay. based on okay. what I was reading. Okay. Um, so it's like, I wonder if we could get that online. Yeah. Right. Get some I would try it. Yeah, right? I mean, just chew on it. And, and I think it's another acquired taste thing where you're like, you're just chewing leaves. So you yeah. like, and then you're just kind of like, oh, ooh, ooh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, another thing uh, that we didn't mention is uh, the religious practice of using coffee mm-hmm. uh, originated in Yemen. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yemen is a real uh, like, like node for these. Um, yeah, all these all these places Great that we've totally stimulants. annihilated <laughs> yeah, right. in the last couple decades <laughs> yeah. are like the cradle of civilization yeah. and like most cultural practices. Yeah, so it's, it's really extra depressing. fucked up that we're like what we're doing to them. Yeah, yeah, like Yemen is obviously they have cot and everything, but Yemen was also key for uh, the development of the coffee culture and trade. Um, yeah. And, uh, and also a lot of the, you know, like I said, the maritime, uh, uh, Silk Road. So everything that went between like say Africa and Persia and India and everything went often went through Yemen, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's apparently there's certain things in like, um, Indonesian tradition that came from Yemen, which is like incredible. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I feel bad for Yemen. Sorry guys. <sighs> I couldn't help you. Um, yeah, it sucks. Cause like foreign policy is so incredibly important but it's like right. the thing we can do the least about yeah. you know yeah 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 because it's entrenched in like these massive uh that, it's kind of like the interests it's kind of like the strongest case f- 
for electoral politics, like getting engaged in electoral politics, because that's the only lever that you really have other than like other than. Yeah. Like blowing up military bases, basically, yeah. <laughs> which is out of reach. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And just not or not somehow probably. somehow salting the defense industry making them go on strikes yeah again yeah. against mean, the entire interest of the defense so like really that doesn't it wouldn't work it's, it's self-defeating yeah. we're, we're not at the point in our culture where that's possible yeah unfortunately um i mean it would be great if we were yeah we just are it's not gonna happen right now yeah um speaking of our hideous international yeah <laughs> military industrial apparatus our final our final traditional drug is coca right um indigenous use of coca has been reported as a treatment for malaria ulcers asthma to improve digestion to guard against bowel laxity uh to use as an aphrodisiac oh so if i'm getting creating withdrawals i can just choose some coca and then Sounds i'll be fine great okay. to me yeah and um modern studies have supported a number of these medical applications um and I think those are the only uses. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. End of episode. Guys. And those Thanks those uses listening. should be legal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You just have to sign a waiver that says, I promise to only use this as a medicine. <laughs> I would like 15 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and another uh, etymology fact, mm-hmm. uh, it was actually named after Coca-Cola, the beverage. Mm-hmm. Yes. So as we uh, discussed earlier. Yeah. 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 Um, so traditionally, coca leaves were pre- prepared either to chew or as a tea, which is just like so many of these other stimulant leaves that we've discussed. I mean, most of these really are leaves or yeah. like some kind of nut or cherry. Um, but yeah, like what? Coca, cot, uh, uh, beetle, and um, tea, and kratom. Yeah. All leaves, which is really interesting. Yeah. And I think it's because of that that um, it seems like stimulants drive away insects. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Oh, two things we we didn't put on the list here that I can just talk about really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me because it says mate de coca. It's yeah. like the tea of the tea of coca of coca leaves. Sounds interesting. There's a a lot of people know yerba mate. Oh yeah, it's a South American mm-hmm. plant. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's the leaf that they use, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very highly caffeinated, and it's a traditional beverage in South America. Oh yeah, so there's another one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's the main caffeinated plant in South America. In North America, there is uh, a holly variety called Ilex vomitoria. Oh, yeah. Um, that, you were uh, talking about that. Yeah, so, south, it grows in the southeast regions of the U.S. So oh. like from, I think it's from Louisiana up mm-hmm. to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it covers Florida as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's like the natural range. And uh, Native Americans would use it ceremonially they would they would drink like huge amounts of tea made out of it uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh to the point of vomiting oh, okay There's and uh, yeah. so uh settlers thought that they were vomiting because of ilex vomitoria mm. or vomitorium i don't remember mm. which one it is but mm. um it was actually because uh the both the quantity and i think they were also uh chewing or smoking tobacco which oh, could also right. make you nauseous it would make you nauseous yeah, yeah exactly um, okay yeah mm. So, and that, that is the only, uh, caffeine bearing plant that's native to North America. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay. Um, so now we arrive at the modern age, uh, <laughs> where we have way more potent stimulants. Yes. Um, which are not used for stomach aches. <laughs> right. So, uh, we're going to start with amphetamine. <clears throat> so amphetamine is, is new, fairly mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. Um, it was first synthesized by Lazar 
Edelianu. Uh-huh. Uh, German guy, I think. Oh no, he's a he's a Polish Polish guy in Germany. Okay. Um, and he synthesized it in 1887, and um, meth was synthesized five years later by uh, uh what's his first name? Na- uh, oh, Nagai Nagayoshi, Japanese mm. chemist. Mm-hmm. Um, so amphetamine is synthesized from formamide and phenylacetone. Mm-hmm. which I'm going to pretend I know anything about. <laughs> um, I actually, I looked it up and um, it's a long chain of uh, chemical reactions, but basically it originates from, um, I think acetic acid, which mm-hmm. is made from wood pulp. Okay. And wow, cool. <laughs> something, uh, oh, uh, toluene, which is made from oil. Right. So amphetamine is made of wood pulp and oil. Nice. Um, and it's just made, it's like an industrial product. Our global modern addiction. Oh, and and soda ash as well. That's oh yeah yeah. For if I'm remembering right, presumably yeah. yeah. Or potash. I can't remember which mm-hmm. one it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, and then meth is uh, synthesized from ephedrine, mm-hmm. which is a med- mm-hmm. uh, medicinal plant derivative first isolated by Nagayoshi in 1877. Mm-hmm. And another Japanese chemist, uh, Akira Ogata later synthesized crystal meth in 1919, which is a much more potent form of meth. <laughs> These Japanese are really going after that meth. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. They probably tried it the first time. And they're like, I got to make sure I get more of this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it was later commercialized as, I think it was Benzedrine was the commercial oh, yeah. version of it. Benzos. And, um, well, Benzos are different. Benzos, Benzodiazepine. Oh, Benzodiazepine. That's yeah, right. This is, Sorry. It was Benzedrine a marketing was... name, ben- Benzedrine. Right. Um, it was actually, uh, if I remember, you. It comes in like a tube, and mm-hmm. you like uh, you inhale through the t- through mm-hmm. the tube, mm-hmm. and it gets you really high. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was made, I think, by uh, not GlaxoSmithKline, but SmithKline in French, which okay. was that was the company back then. So before right. some some merger. Um. And uh, you might know more about this, but amphetamines were used heavily by both sides of the war in, in World War II. Mm-hmm. And my comment was just, imagine punching a Nazi, and the Nazi is also punching you, and you're both high on amphetamines, so you just keep <laughs> punching each other and grinning until your skulls cave in. <laughs> and that's World War II. <laughs> um, so I, I found a comment on uh, Ask Historians on Reddit, which is a, you know, yes, it's a Reddit comment section, but mm. the uh, Ask Historians sub is like heavily moderated, and mm, the answers yeah. are well-sourced, and yeah. usually by actual historians. You can basically trust it to have pretty good information. Yeah. yeah. So someone asked like uh, about amphetamine use during mm. World War II, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll just read this directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so this person, I totally didn't write their name down, but who cares? Uh, <laughs> after the war, the British and Germans concluded that amphetamine use in most cases was not on balance helpful to their troops. Authors of these reports felt that the amphetamines impeded soldiers' abilities to perform complex tasks. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear, they were giving it to like every soldier all right. the time through the whole war. Just fucking candy. Yeah. 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 Um, so he continues, as for Hitler's mental deterioration, which the asker speculated might have been caused by meth use. Yep. Um, it's impossible <laughs> to identify which of his circumstances figuratively and literally rotted his brain the most. Yeah. I mean, I would say his brain was probably rotted uh, at the point where he started blaming everything in Germany <laughs> on the Jews. Jews. Yeah. But mm, yeah, that's pretty, maybe we could dispute pretty that. Pretty far gone. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, there's a fantastic article that addresses exactly your question. 
published in the Royal College of Physicians in Edinburgh in 2005 that mm-hmm. sifts through the extant Hitler medical records. Mm-hmm. He receives daily injections of methamphetamine. Jesus so he's Christ. banging it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. But also frequent administrations of cocaine, also. testosterone, okay. glucose, and all sorts of other, quote, tonics. Wow. Uh, he also had Parkinson's disease, and that complicates everything as well. Yeah. And um, I've actually... This is totally anecdotal, but I've uh, my roommate, the guy who worked at Starbucks, yeah. told me about a friend of his who... Um, she and her mom were artists and they both worked with this medium that was like very dangerous mm-hmm. to inhale mm. in their like indoor studio. Okay. And her mom developed symptoms that were very, very similar to Parkinson's disease oh, and she Jesus. couldn't do anything. Christ. And the one thing that could get her <clears throat> to normalcy and mm-hmm. get her to like be productive and do stuff mm-hmm. was smoking crack. Whoa. Damn. So apparently certain stimulants can fix Parkinson's fix like symptoms. That sort of shit. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Interesting. I don't know if that applies to actual Parkinson's disease. And if you have Parkinson's, I wouldn't recommend smoking crack unless you really want to. Um, but anyway, so the guy is, uh, says, and finally, yes, your connection between amphetamine use and specific incidents of wartime brutality is misplaced. Human beings have committed atrocities against one another in battle since we were not standing up straight. I don't know if that's... I think war came about uh, from state societies, but... yeah. Uh, like class society, I but guess, anyway, I guess you know atrocities in the loose sense and battle in yeah, the like, loose sense. Um, non-state but, people were like murdering, right? But they weren't yeah, doing yeah, war yeah, for like, sure. Nothing. You know, who has nothing even remotely on the scale of fucking World War Two? Skull with their stone ads. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, uh, the neurochemical effects of sleep depri- deprivation. Ongoing violence, malnutrition, exposure to weather, PTSD, Mm -hmm. and life-threatening combat are more than enough to prompt certain individuals to act with extraordinary, quote, savagery. Mm -hmm. Remember that amphetamines are not methamphetamines, and neither of them is PCP. I don't know why he mentioned PCP, because that wasn't mentioned in the original question, but anyway. Right. I think he's maybe trying to make a point that, like, well, you know, PCP is just out way out there, and, like, these things don't do nearly what PCP would do if... Maybe it was a wartime yeah, yeah. drug or something. I'm guessing that the, that was the intent. Yeah, um, yeah. But, so it's interesting. So I, I listened to um, the audiobook of the kind of classic, um, the rise and fall of the Third Reich, which was written by this kind of journalist dude back in like the, I think the 60s, based on his notes for and his experiences from the 30s and 40s. Okay, where he was like uh, at least often, and I think consistently in germany and and you know occupied europe during you know the rise and fall of the third reich yeah um and so he actually like uh brushed with um many of the elites including hitler like i think he actually met the guy once or twice um and and also had a bunch of extensive you know he pulled a bunch of extensive records that other people had had written of their encounters with you know, Himmler, Hitler, Goebbels, etc. Okay. Um, and yeah, the accounts of Hitler's um, behavior, it's like, you know, you get this, you know, impression that like, yeah, Hitler was always like a weird spazzy dude yeah. who was like pretty eloquent, but mostly just fucking out of his fucking mind. Right. Um, but like had a, a particular kind of cunning uh-huh. and, and, and an eloquence that was kind of hypnotic, which you will see when you look at the videos. You're just like, I can't even speak fucking old German, you know, like old 1930s German, and I'm sort of like like lured in in a way because yeah. he's kind of hypnotic. And, 
and it's kind of gross. He had an unfortunate charisma. Yes, exactly. He yeah. had an unfortunate charisma. But um, then they said, like, during, like, the, um, you know, the several years where he was kind of basically running a war machine as opposed to just a political machine, uh-huh. um, he, I think this was the, the, the primary phase during which he was getting all these injections and all this weird shit thrown at his body. Um, and he would, like, have these bizarre, like, uh, spazzy, like, moody interactions with um, even his, like, familiars, um, but also especially with, like, other uh, politicians and diplomats and stuff, where they'd be like, so, like, we're trying to figure out, you know, what to do with such and such an area or such uh-huh. and such a problem or, you know, Britain's kind of toying with us right now. How do we react? And he'd, like... He'd be like, oh, well, and he'd like blow it off and he'd like make some fucking grandstand. And then he'd like sit down and get super depressed for like 15 minutes and say nothing the whole time. And they're like, what? And then he'd stand up and like look around and get really spazzy again and like start like just fucking just. Um, so Charlie Chaplin mad libbing. Yeah. But in reality. Truly what that guy was imitating. Yeah. yeah like just mad libbing crazy shit. Yeah. And they're like. Um, so are we gonna, um, invade or not? And he's like, <laughs> we have to fucking crush them. We have to fuck. And you're like, this is literally what a crack addict sounds like. Yeah. You know, like that's, so he was sort of acting like that. Yeah. And it was clear. And, and it, they kind of touched on this in the book, um, that it was kind of, you know, people kind of noticed they're like, yeah, this guy's getting a lot of fucking injections. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, what's going on, you know? And, and of course, by the end of the war, he was really fucking losing it, but the, he still had these like flights of fancy and yeah. like, you know, Oh, we're going to fucking burn down and go to Valhalla and shit like that. And you're like, dude, what are you talking about? You <laughs> <Woo>! know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's just weird. Also like looking back at that, that like these fucking, you know, you know old guard nazis still living and like the neo-nazis and like people holding the torch for fucking hitler right or like oh you know he was such a visionary and you're like he was high and crazy yeah <laughs> like and he was a hater man like he just hated yes. everybody um he's a visionary as much as any hollywood guy on coke is exactly yeah. right like fucking harvey weinstein you know yeah um and uh the last thing i have to add to that is like uh that's like uh there's kind of a legendary obsession with super soldier drugs oh yeah right mm-hmm. that has been um most recently highlighted by uh the fairly good captain america series i was just going to say the captain america really hits on that yeah. yeah yeah i actually thought winter i think winter soldier is still one of the best yeah. one of the top 3 or 5 marvel movies that have come out mm. i still have to watch it i haven't that, seen that, all of them i think that's the best one out of the captain americas but anyway um yeah so that all came from amphetamine use because amphetamine really did make I mean, it did make the soldiers like more powerful and aggressive right. and stuff and right. brave and all that shit because mm-hmm. they were on speed. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, oh, and I guess one one more thing. If you if you buy any powder drugs, uh, it almost 100 percent chance has amphetamine or meth in it. Oh, yeah. Um, so and if you've ever done any of those, you have done meth. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> And, you know, maybe uh, mercury and other heavy metals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Potentially. Um, and uh, so speaking of meth, uh, the last one that we have mm-hmm. um, is uh, a much more recent thing is the uh, ADHD and Ritalin craze of the 90s and 2000s, mm-hmm. which is actually still ongoing to quite an extent. Um, oh, yeah. It's just normalized now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and this was kind of a defining event of our, of our childhood, I think. I don't know about... Like, we're... 
Was I mean, that something that was prevalent when you were here in the States? Oh, yeah. As a kid? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, my Was brother... it something you, like, noticed at that age? Yeah. Because for yeah. me, there was the South Park episode. That, like, mm-hmm. really brought it into, mm-hmm. like, mainstream prominence for, like, kids my age, you know? Yeah. I, I, I Yeah. Like, like, we, as a family, um, had to um, kind of experiment... Uh, with like my brother taking I think uh, Adderall and then Ritalin okay and then I think he's on something else now um, because he was just having so much trouble with ADHD and I think that honestly he does have like true ADHD uh-huh. um, as it might be in existence I don't know um, but yeah like at the time there was so much of this shit going around that um we actually had to, well, we as in like my parents had to talk to my brother's teachers and stuff and be like, this is legit for him, right? Uh-huh. We're not just coddling this kid and giving him fucking uppers to keep him like in line or whatever. Right. Um, or keep him happy. Like he has cognitive difficulties and we're trying to keep him basically slightly high so that he can do his fucking homework in, in a, an hour or two block. Yeah. Instead of just like racing off and doing something else entirely. Right. Um, and it was like a, it was a, it was a really big problem partly because it was kind of a, there was overdiagnosis and yeah. there was misdiagnosis. And there was also like this kind of, you know, the fad of like the afflicted upper class child who's like, I think I have such and such. That's the new, like overly diagnosed thing. Yeah. And like, uh, you don't understand what it's like to be me. And it's right. like, uh, you have family. So I was actually dollars. diagnosed with ADHD. Cool. Um, I think when I was 12, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe 13. Yeah. But, um, I mean, so the test for it is they basically like sit you in front of a computer screen mm-hmm. and they have you do a bunch of boring shit and see yep. if you do it or not. And it's like, well, and so, uh, I went in there, <laughs> my, my parents took me in there because mm-hmm. my grades were falling because I didn't right. give a shit about school. Cause I am a rational thinking person. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. and, uh, so I knew about the fact that their doctors were handing out speed. Right. And, uh, I was a young kid who was interested in doing drugs because, yep. uh, I went through dare. So mm-hmm. the cops told me how awesome drugs were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. uh, so I basically like sabotage myself on the test. Oh yeah. Purposely in order to get some drugs. So you're, you're what we call an early adopter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they prescribed me non-stimulant concerta. So I was like, well, I don't really have ADHD. <laughs> yeah. Right. Jesus. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like, dude, if I, you know, but it was, I mean, it was super prevalent in my high school. I was, I went to a fairly bougie high school in right. Ashburn, Virginia. Right. Um, so, uh, Virginia had, uh, and still has lower rates of ADHD diagnosis than neighboring States like West Virginia, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, North Carolina, basically all the Southern States that are right. around, not, not the Northern ones. Right. Um, but, uh, I saw one stat. While I was reading about this, mm-hmm. um, up to 33% of white boys were diagnosed with ADHD at the time of yep. writing, yep. which is, that's a crazy amount. Yeah. Cause like even the most like, um, like there's a lot of dispute over whether ADHD is real. Right. Cause I mean, there's obviously people who have a certain set of symptoms that you could mm-hmm. group under the category ADHD. Yeah. But is that actually a disorder and right is it like a condition or is it just like that's how the person is? And mm-hmm. if you 
group mm-hmm. them under a name and call it that, then yeah. you're going to find a bunch of people that are like that. Right. It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's arguably like phrenology. Yeah. Right. So even, even the people that are insistent that yes, it is a real condition. Mm-hmm. Um, they will say that the, uh, prevalence of ADHD is at most like 5% of the population. Oh yeah. Um, I think sometimes lower than that. Yeah. So 33% is just nuts. That's way too high. Um, and, uh, so f- in Virginia, 50 to 75% of uh, kids that were diagnosed with ADHD were taking medication for it. It climbed like very rapidly, yeah. if you look at a chart, yeah. um, even relative to other states. Yeah. Um, so I think evidence that it, besides the one I just said, evidence that it's not a real disorder or that it's v- grossly over-diagnosed, yeah. um, and that it's basically just um, parents trying to control the behavior yeah. of their kids who, again... Uh, rationally do not care about doing schoolwork exactly. because it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> um, uh, black boys mm-hmm. are reported to have ADHD symptoms by teachers at a higher rate than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and diagnoses uh, skew male, fourteen uh, percent male versus six percent female, yep. and black twelve percent, twelve point eight percent black uh, versus twelve percent for white kids. Yep, and it's six uh, percent for they said Hispanic, which I assume they mean non-white latinos right yeah um and uh yeah in the article that i got the stats from the the authors are completely mystified but i think that points to the idea that it's mostly or entirely a diagnosis for kids that just don't behave the way that teachers and parents want them to right because obviously white boys act out because we can we're taught to (laughs) right and uh black boys get accused of acting out because because white supremacy exactly yep um and also yeah. there's there's a there's a um the gender um division there is yeah. uh it seems to be you know there's the the, the sort of traditionalist or conservative or like just sexist um i think interpretation of the difference where they're like oh well you know um girls are just so much better behaved in class and then they're yeah. like and then they go with the essentialist argument of like that's because that's because girls and women are just like the gentler sex and all this bullshit yeah. and you're like no i think it's because they've been conditioned from day one to fucking behave yeah as a rule like if they like and then act probably out also all, the, people just don't ignored. pay attention to them as much as boys exactly right they're yeah. just ignored and so it's like okay um hmm and, yeah like and, health problems are very uh like uh health problems from women are generally ignored yep. much more than they are from men exactly yeah. and and um yeah and so it's a kind of you know the adhd diagnosis um when it again like we're you know we're not fucking mental health fucking experts but like just talking about the, i did get the, a's in all my psychology classes well fuck then you're a doctor <laughs> those are the only a's you i ever got in college <laughs> um <laughs> cut my brain open tell me what's going on um yeah, it just seems like, as with so many other things, and what happened to a lot of um, you know minorities and women, and and just like you know, say like um, queer people and communists and whatever the fuck else, Jews, you know, um, pathologizing dissent, you know, yeah, and pathologizing um, non-white, um, you know, essentially or like non-legitimized castes of society. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a related. Um, diagnosis to ADHD, mm-hmm. which is called oppositional defiant disorder. Oh, yeah. You heard of this? Yep. Yeah. And it's basically like you're being bad. Right. Yeah. It's essentially that's, that. That's a mental illness. <laughs> yeah. I remember reading about that and I was like, this is some bullshit. Yeah. Um, but I remember, um, excuse me, <clears throat> dry throat. Um, 
uh, Terrence on uh, Trillbilly uh-huh. Workers Party actually mentioned something about. It. He's like, well, I have oppositional defiance disorder anyway. So he was like, <laughs> and I don't know how serious he was about that. I think maybe he got the diagnosis. Um, but he said it as like a qualifier or like a kind of a, a comment on something he just said that was like a, a rage against the machine, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> hey, wait, that's a band. Oh, I've never heard of it. Oh, okay. I should really it's look good. into that. You should check it out. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, and, and you know, so so he like followed up his whole like you know everything's bullshit comment. Where he's like, well, I have oppositional defiant disorder or something like that. And I was like, but that's what they want you to think, you know. So I'm sure that he's aware of that, and I'm sure yeah. that he's all over that. But like listeners might not be, yeah, you know. And and it's like it's really important to take those like those um, you know, the pathologizing sort of diagnoses as like that's it's essentially in many cases a um, an institutional criticism of who you are, yeah, you know, versus their fucking just kind of fucking god awful shallow bullshit mechanicalization of the society and the social context that you live in yeah right scientific management yeah 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 um and so forth and all and all the other related uh shit yeah so um in 2008 uh several pharma companies including uh Novartis Pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. Johnson and Johnson and mm-hmm. Shire mm-hmm uh, were caught by the FDA using misleading advertising and information about uh, Focalin XR, Concerta, and Adderall XR. Mm-hmm. So they were overstating the benefits and um, kind of misleading doctors and stuff. Mm. And uh, doctors were really just handing it out like candy because it was like the ADHD was the by far the most diagnosed behavioral or not behavioral, um, like learning, yeah, developmental disability. That's what it was right. called, developmental right. disability. Um, it, it was like, it was like 38% versus like yeah. the next highest one was like five or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but the whole situation is weird because the chief proponents of ADHD diagnosis seem to be like grifters kind of like, yep. like their evidence was called heavily into question. Like they were using like bad research practices and stuff oh, yeah. Not so and much. they were caught, they were called out by like, uh, like editors of like important medical journals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then the most of the backlash against Ritalin prescription in the country was actually led by the church of Scientology <laughs> as an attack on the field of psychiatry. Like they yeah. openly said like in their internal newsletters, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're attacking the field of psychiatry, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Cause the alternative presumably would be uh, Scientology and Thetans and right. Right. Audits <laughs> and all that shit. Yeah. Um, but they actually like brought a, like a big court case yeah, about Ritalin. That. Yeah. And uh Yeah. I, I didn't know that until today. Shit, yeah, it's very, very strange. <laughs> a cult sued the what medical pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Both like, grifters, who the fuck do you side both with? Massive grifting industry. Who do you side with? In yeah, that? you're just like I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah, these fuckers are just trying to stab each other for money. I um, guess you just get them in a room together and then toss a grenade in. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big room. Big um, grenade. But I think overall, whether or not ADHD is real, the important question is whether or not we should be giving speed to babies. Yeah. And I think, no, no, we shouldn't. No, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a pretty conclusive one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you have anything else? Uh, fuck, man. We actually I mean, went a lot longer than I thought. Yeah. Two hours it, already. It kind of reminds me. Um, so this actually brings us to like thoughts on, you know, kind of more from like our kind of um, 
anarchist or whatever else, you know, democratic confederalist views on mental brain cognition. Yeah. On mental brain cognition. Um, on, unlike, yeah. Unlike substance use and abuse and stuff like that. Um, even like ever since I was like a teenager and I wasn't even like, I've never really gotten into quote unquote drugs as we understand them in the mainstream. Oh, me neither. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I'm very interested in like, um, you you know, your old world drugs, you know, just not like the kind of create like amphetamines and and like Coke and stuff. Like the one time I hypothetically, I don't want to put no damn oil up my nose. Yeah. What the hell? That's crazy. What the hell? Why would you do that? Right put it in a syringe and watch it glow blue while you put it in your veins and turn into a superhero um or like a fucking bioshock character um so bioshock is great if you're interested in drugs and in like pop culture play bioshock it's fantastic um okay elon musk jeez (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well in the to, to to paraphrase or to to quote um uh a friend of mine from the cafe who works there he was like, oh, yeah, uh, one of my friends played Bioshock. He said that's what turned him into a communist. And I was like, nice. well, perfect. There we go right there. Bioshock is communist. It uh, is quite the indictment of Randian philosophy. Prop. Exactly. I mean, yeah. the whole thing is is basically like this is what happens if you did that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and um, I was going to say, oh, yeah, like, yeah, in, in, in this kind of hypothetical universe um, where I tried Coke a few times, um, which is just like a little, you know, thought experiment thought experiment um i hypothetically really didn't like it uh, okay. um because uh you know as as they say um in the like the write-up that we found on like um, cocaine usage at, at least in powder form um the the effects can be like euphoria and like da da da, da or it can be agitation and in this parallel right. universe all i got was wanting to throw a tv out the window gotcha. and start fights so i was like well guess that's not it for me yeah um whereas i love coffee tea all that caffeine shit um and i've enjoyed nicotine in the past um and occasionally from time to time still will but um so yeah really interested in kratom um i I will never chew betel nut because that (laughs) shit is disgusting uh (laughs) although it'd be a funny prank to spit that shit in front of somebody who's never seen it before Uh, (laughs) yeah for me like um one of the things is like I can drink pretty much as much tea as I mm. can stomach. Yeah. At a certain point, the tannin as much will tea give as me I nausea. can bladder. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. It, but it never gives me anxiety. But coffee. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. I was I having like panic attacks yeah. Yeah. from the amount of espresso that I was drinking at yep. that bakery. Yep. Um. It's pretty bad. Coffee is hard to manage if you're not like say eating and moving enough. Yeah. Like it's great if you're if you're pretty active. Yeah. If you do it on an empty if stomach, you're well fed. It's not good. Yeah. Um. And if you're sitting down all day and you're drinking a lot of coffee, you'll just get wired and jumpy and, and anxious. Although if I showed you the drinks that I was making for myself, you'd be like, oh, well, of course you were getting fucking panic attacks. Well, sure. I would take a, a court container, you know, like a restaurant court container. Yep. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's like a, a court sized, like that you get at like a Chinese restaurant. It's like yep. a plastic container with a removable top. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, so I would take that, mm-hmm. uh, punch a hole in the lid, mm-hmm. fill it almost all the way up with iced coffee. Oh, yeah. And then I would top it with four to eight espresso shots and then that would be my shift drink Dense. yeah that's uh that's a lot for <laughs> what eight hours six hours yeah well it was more like 12 but yeah oh so you're doing 12 hours okay yeah yeah i mean you know in college i was doing two pots of coffee a day so that was like something like 64 ounces uh-huh yeah so like you know measurably similar um 
Um, but like that started to cause all kinds of fucking problems. Yeah. <laughs> I had like, I had like fucking, I think that's, that's partly how I got reflux actually. Um, I just, I just was abusing my stomach, uh, with coffee. Um, Oh, one of my favorite things for coffee overuse though, is that Futurama episode mm-hmm. where everyone gets, uh, I think it's either two or $500 uh-huh. and, uh, Fry's like, Oh man, what can I do with, with my $200? <laughs> and someone was like, you could buy a uh, hundred cups of coffee. He's like, that's it. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to buy a hundred cups of coffee. Of course he did. That. So like the whole episode, he's getting, just getting progressively more like deranged, <laughs> like a fucking speed freak. <laughs> yeah, right. And then uh, they're all at this party and uh, this fire starts and he drinks his hundredth cup of coffee. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden he becomes like the Bodhisattva <laughs> who can like move through time and space. Of course. And he like saves everyone from the burning building. <laughs> it's so fucking good. It's fantastic. So I mean, it's, it's that's what coffee's like after a while. Yeah. You're just like, I'm not even in my body anymore. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so I guess that's all we have. Yeah. That's basically it. So thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed that, check out our other episodes on uh, neighborsciencepodcast.com or any podcast app, including Spotify. Uh, we're also on YouTube. If you want to like share an episode, that's probably the easiest way to share an episode with someone just to like link mm. them to the YouTube mm, version yeah. of it. Yeah. I, I never thought of that until now, but um, that would be a good use for it. Um, what else? Uh, rate us on iTunes. Um, that helps other people find the show. I am at handle of Rye. I'm at a uh, solidary underscore goth. Um, the, the podcast Twitter account is at neighbor pod because of character limits. Um, oh, uh, I created some t-shirt designs today that I'm going to be releasing. Oh yeah. They're kind of fun. Very soon. Yeah. Um, I think they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, uh, the cover art for the Nausicaa, uh, episode that we did mm-hmm. the Valley mm-hmm. of the wind authority badge. Yep. Um, I made a, yep. like a work, a work shirt version with like a small logo yep. and then like a, a version with like a bigger logo mm-hmm. on it um mm-hmm. as uh chris suggested that i do yeah and then the other one is a uh screenshot from mob psycho 100 mm-hmm. that looks really fucking trippy and has a cool uh subtitle yeah. on it um so we look out for that because nobody will ever find out yeah um yeah don't don't knock on us for that <laughs> um so I'll, I'll put the link for that in the uh show description i'm trying to keep the shirts as cheap as possible um mm. I put the t-shirts at $18, mm-hmm. which is, uh, that gets us it's reasonable. It's like one, a 150 and $2 of profit per shirt. So yeah. very little. Yeah. And, uh, the hoodies are $30, which is around the same profit margin. Yeah. Um, they, they said it crazy high. Like they want, they want to price yeah, the hoodies they, at like $38 yeah, and the like, t-shirts at like $25. I'm like, no, he's going to pay $25 right. for a fucking We're t-shirt. I'm going to retire on these hoodies. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. And so, uh, so far I have like, uh, uh, white, uh, dark green, mm. demand utopia green, yep, yep. which is like a lime green color, mm. um, and then red, pink um, for the shirts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really want to make one that's purple, but I mm-hmm. I need a, a different image for that because oh, yeah, the color right. scheme didn't match with purple yeah. very well. Yeah, so. that makes sense. Um, but I'm gonna try and come out with some some other designs just to get some variety so that everyone can get yeah something that looks cool to them. Yeah, you should um you should add black. Oh, yeah, black, black for, for my yeah. solidarity goth principles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, I just forgot to name that one. Oh, okay. there are there okay. are black shirts. So there designs. are black. Ones. Yeah, okay, for sure. Perfect, because you know I got a uniform to keep up. Yeah, half of my shirts are black, so yeah, I, exactly. there's no way I could make. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not make a black shirt. Right. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you. Bye. All right, thanks. Bye.